A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up onto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. The word of the Lord. God proclaims the Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. <clears throat> Glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness, and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him, and prepare the sway of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. A reading from the second letter of St. Peter. Do not ignore this fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. 
The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourself in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. The word of the Lord. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm sure many of you like to go see movies or you've been to the movies before. Before every showing of whatever movie you've gone to see, there's always a, a preview of the coming attractions, right? Movie trailers. This is how the Hollywood producers try to, you know, sell their movies to entice more people to come and see them, right? Well, I happen to think 
that today's gospel reading would make a great movie trailer. Listen, just use your imagination a little bit and play along with me here, okay? So we fade in on this vast expanse of desert. We hear the wind blowing. The sun is a red ball rippling through the heat waves as it comes up and walking to us out of the dawn, a solitary figure of a man silhouetted. And the announcer says, he came from the desert. One man dressed in camel's hair and preaching a message of repentance. Then we cut to a picture of John, right? Close up, his hair is blowing in the wind. Prepare the way of the Lord. Then we dissolve slowly to a picture of rippling water, the Jordan River. And we see people coming down into it. John dipping them down, and they come up, and the water flies off of them in slow motion, right? And the announcer continues. And he baptized masses of them in repentance for their sins. But he told them, one is coming. A mightier one is coming. Boom. I mean, wouldn't you go see a movie like that? Isn't that a great trailer? Right? Okay, well, if... <laughs> well, thank you. If, if, if you like that, the gospel's playing all year round at Catholic Church near you. Just check the bulletin. <laughs> that wasn't part of the... You, you know I didn't say that yesterday, right? Okay. Well, my friends, in this today, our second week of Advent, our church calls us as people of faith to prepare with eagerness and anticipation for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into the world, to prepare to celebrate both His incarnation and God's plan of salvation for us. Now, if you were listening carefully to the readings, you noticed that our first reading in our gospel had a lot of the same words in it, right? Well, Mark places the words from our first reading from Isaiah, the prophet, onto the lips of John the Baptist for a very good reason. In Isaiah, when Isaiah the prophet first spoke those words, he was talking to the people of Israel who had been captured. They were living what was known as the Babylonian exile. Um, it started around the year 587 BC, give or take, and lasted for about 80 years. So the people were captured, taken away to another country, couldn't go to the temple, couldn't do anything. This prophecy was to them an anticipatory prophecy of joy that the end of that was coming, that they were going to be able to go back home to Israel, back to Jerusalem, and it was going to happen very quickly, right? So fast it would be like tearing down the mountains that were in the way and using the rubble to fill in the low places so you'd have this super flat, super straight highway straight back to Jerusalem. You know, sort of like an ancient interstate highway system, okay? It was a joyful thing. It was a prophetic thing. It spoke to the people of that day, about their return from exile. But the thing about prophecy is it doesn't speak just to the people who first hear it, but it speaks to later generations. And so on the words of John the Baptist, those same words pointed to the coming of Jesus Christ. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. Here is your God, he comes with power. The people of Israel didn't see God on that highway coming back. It was referring to his incarnation. And yet for us, these words also look forward to his second coming. 
when heaven and earth will pass away and all people living and dead face the final judgment. So as John called the people of his day to prepare for the coming of Christ into the world, so too must we be prepared for the second coming of Christ at the end of the world. Now, you know, to you and I, it seems like this is delayed, right? It's been 2,000 years since John the Baptist spoke those words, since Jesus walked the face of the earth. But keep in mind that God is outside of space and time. The past, the present, and the future are all as one to him. So for those of us who live in time, it seems like it has been a long time. It's progressing slowly. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And then as St. Peter reminds us, it will be there like a thief coming in the night. You do not know when. My friends, we do not know when the Lord will come again. We can't know it. We cannot know the time of the second coming. Therefore, we should always strive to be prepared at any given moment for it to happen. That means, that means that we should strive to avoid sin in our own lives. And if we do fall into sin as soon as possible, we should seek reconciliation with God. Now, I know everybody's embarrassed, right? You're too embarrassed to go confess. Well, guess what? Everybody messes up sometimes. Every single human being. And we need that reconciliation to return healing and wholeness of our relationship with God. It means we should strive as much as possible to live in the world, but not of the world. God blesses us with many, many things, some people more so than others. But those are not the end of our life. Those are not the goal for which we seek. They are meant to help us develop ourselves spiritually in this world, or they are meant for us to steward them for the benefit of the other people in our lives that we come across. And therefore, we need to be aware of our need to compassionately help people who are in need. It also means we need to try to have prayer prayer on our minds, on our lips, on our hearts, constantly. You say, I can't pray all the time. Well, think about what the monks used to do, right? The medieval monks, they had a saying, it was called ora et labora. It meant work and pray. So while they were digging in their garden, they were praying. Whatever you're doing, okay? You've got a task that doesn't involve 100% concentration, a little bit of a prayer in the background will help. Or even right before you start something. Or even something as simple as the Jesus prayer. Do you know what I mean by the Jesus prayer? I see a few quizzes, whole faces. Okay, the Jesus prayer is really short. It's very simple. It takes five seconds. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's it. It's simple. And you've just blessed the moment in which you are. Maybe think of some sort of memory aid when such and such happens in the day. Boom, think of this. And there you go. You've got this little prayer. You know, the Westminster chimes you hear every 15 minutes on your grandfather clocks? That's what that was for, was to remind people every 15 minutes, say a little prayer. It means that we need to especially draw close to the Eucharist. It is Christ's 
very presence among us. It is in the Eucharist that he gives us the strength and the courage to go on in this life with all of its joys and pleasures and with all of its toil and tears. And so when each one of us comes to that final scene and everything fades to black for the last time, and we see the biggest the end sign ever, will we be prepared? God love you.